0: Uh, just got done with a really, really cool episode. Uh, I, I got to talk to Drew Carl, who uh, I interviewed Carthy, the band we're all in earlier, and uh, he was not able to be there, He's, he lives far away from everyone now, but uh, I got a chance to talk to Drew by himself, and it was just a fantastic, Just it was a it was a straight hour of just lovely deep and, and, and light at the same time thoughts and uh, found out we, we have you know a little lot in common as far as uh, artistic endeavors go but um, it's it, it was such a good episode that I think I'm probably gonna go ahead and bump it up um, and as a matter of fact while I was while I was recording the episode I got an email from stitcher saying that we're live so that's it that's a really good uh, good thing uh, you know um, so if you don't know what that is, check it out at Stitcher.com. Uh, there's gonna be blog posts and links all over the place where you can link yourself to the episode and sort of subscribe that way and, and have it there. I also got an email from iTunes saying that we're almost, uh, almost ready to go live on iTunes, uh, the iTunes Store. So not there just yet, but uh, check out the check out the blog post and for the the Stitcher link and also the. Uh, The website now has a specific page dedicated to the podcast so uh, the the blog posts that have the the feed on it will always be in the same spot there on the blog Uh, but the podcast itself will be up on stitcher uh, soundcloud there's a link to that as a sort of embedded player and also uh, hopefully in the next day the next few days uh, the itunes store so um Great! Uh, thank you guys for listening, and um, like I said, I was so excited about this episode, and you know, getting getting the word from Stitcher that I think I'm gonna go ahead and move up, um, move up Drew's interview, and it was it was so great. So uh, so thank you guys, and and, and enjoy.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm actually I'm, I'm super excited, um, and so I usually just go ahead and get right into it. Okay. Uh,
2: Am I, are we just having a conversation or am I supposed to keep like a context or an audience in mind or?
0: No, just it's as organic <laughs> as we are, you know, sitting down and, uh, you know, making fun of Seth at the end of rehearsal. Just come
2: uh, <laughs> Poor Seth. <laughs> He's not even here and he still comes up.
0: Well, no, so in what do I would love to uh, to get to that dynamic? No, um, <laughs> so uh, I've, I know it sounds funny, but sometimes it's kind of like radio, and so, for example, I would say, like, all right, so we're sitting here with Drew Carl from the Van Carthy. What's up, guys? (laughs) Um, You know, it it is cool. I I, um, actually had a chance to talk with all of the other guys. Um, I don't know. They may not have told you, but... uh, Yeah, no. um, Episode two, actually, coming out in uh, about... 10 or so days Will be uh, Carthy But I wanted oh, to I wanted to make sure That I got to talk to you As well because, oh, thanks you
2: know, Hopefully I'll be as interesting Did you <laughs> do it um, As a group Or kind of like Individually kind of like this
0: It was uh It was a group We were at uh, Ben's place And I just so happened To bring my stuff with me And they are like Hey do you want to yell At a microphone For several nice. hours I'm like yeah okay
2: That works <laughs> <laughs> Nice uh,
0: but, so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I guess that's how we, we know each other is through the Ben Carthy, with you know, two of your brothers and our, our friend Ben. So, uh, for those of us maybe not sure, and this, it's, this whole idea is sort of a mix of, it can be, you know, personal, so you makes so you know, it's relatable and that there's an actual thing, uh, to it, but can also be like, uh, general as well, and you you, you kind of get used to it. I'm I'm kind of weird, but I try to weave my way through things. Probably.
2: Okay. And, you know, if you think I could be more interesting or you're like, hey, that was really boring, or hey, don't talk about that as much, like, feel free to be like, you know, cut and be like, what I meant by the question was or something like that. Like, I guess what I'm saying is feel free to direct me because otherwise I could just ramble nonsensically into this microphone for the next 45 minutes, so.
0: And, you know what? That would probably be just fine <laughs> for me. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so... Well, we we know each other from Carthy, and um, they we we talked a lot about you know being in a band and having a, a group of of guys to to hang out with. And I'm curious because everyone everyone kind of thinks of it a little bit differently. I'm curious your thoughts on being in a band, getting together and rehearsing, writing songs, and stuff like that.
2: Okay, is there is there a question in there? Or?
0: Just like how how do you feel about you know what's What are some things about being in a band to you?
2: Some things about being in a band. Um, Okay, well, I think, I don't know, when I first joined this band, it was high school, okay? So it was like, you know, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And we're still doing this thing. And obviously, you know, things are very different now than they were when, you know, we were just writing songs, um, you know, in Chase's bedroom before, you know, going to work at, I was working retail, DSW at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now, I mean, of course. We're out of college and working full-time, that kind of thing. So, I mean, the dynamics certainly changed. Of course, we're older. I feel like in high school, if you say in your band, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, if you work full-time and, you know, you're at work and you're introducing yourself and, you know, someone's like, okay, say one interesting fact about yourself. And you're like, I'm in a band. That's really weird, <laughs> you know, when you're 25 years old. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, for example, for the Dozy do show that we got coming up, I guess it's next week at this point.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Wednesday night in the Woodlands, since I'm down here in Houston, I'm probably not going to get back. Until, you know, it could be after midnight and I got to yeah. be at work the next day. Yeah. Um, and so obviously that's, that's exhausting, right? That's really taxing. But, you know, I love it so much. I feel like I'd be a poor man for not doing it, you know? Like, yeah, I'd rather lose sleep and, and be filled than, you know, become a corporate drone and just surrender. Oh, yeah. Gotta rage, gotta rage man. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's, that's accurate. And uh, it's, it's the labor of love. Exactly. I know, I know, I mean, I've driven a lot farther for a lot less money. For a lot, you know, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to tell you. <laughs> uh, but that's, but that's good. And one of the things that's, um, one of the, so I have, you know, a, kind of a running list of notes, like, what are we going to talk about? So I don't forget. <laughs> um, and, you know, Karthi and, and is one of them. But one of the things I think is really cool is to talk to people that, you know, make, make money playing music maybe, but aren't necessarily like a music professional. Um, so like, or maybe perhaps have another profession, um, in place of that. And so I, I definitely want to get to that, um, you know, the, the sales thing and the retail and how that, um...
2: well, that saved my life and my career, you know, Yeah. yeah. I'm being very sarcastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can, uh, I can actually feel it. Okay. <laughs> But I want to I want to start with uh, with Carthy and, and um, so so what do you what do you what would you say is your role in Karthi?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, again, since the, we've been doing it for you know six seven years at this point, I feel like my role's kind of changed. Um, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it stayed the same, but in a lot of ways, it, you know, it, it takes on different things. Like for example, when we first started, um, what I really invested my time in was lyrics, um, and so because Chase, if, you know, if Chase has been on your podcast. The listeners have met Chase. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly talented. It's not fair. Uh, he can play anything he wants on guitar. I don't. I think he took maybe like a week or two of piano, and now he's even better at piano than he was guitar. <laughs> First, I didn't pick up guitar until like sophomore year of high school, so I was really coming late coming to the game. And even still, like I haven't really taken any guitar lessons. Everything I know, Chase has taught me. Really, really basic. Um, and so I, I realized really early on that I can't. I'm not going to be able to contribute to the songwriting like Chase does, um, yeah. just because of the way that he understands music. Um, but, you know, I've always really been interested, um, in lyrics, um, and poetry. Um, and so I thought I'd take a crack at it and that's kind of what I, where I kind of found my niche, um, is, is trying to bring lyrics to the table. That's the same quality as the music that Chase is bringing to the table. Um, and it's, uh, it's proved to be a pretty, pretty, you know, really good, uh, really good mix, I think, um, just because, you know, we've got a number of songs that I'm really proud of, um. And that's, that's something that kind of stayed the same, right? I still kind of see myself as the band lyricist um, that, you know, they call on when they're stuck on something. You know, sure. I'm, I'm happy to, to yeah. take a swing at it. And my stuff, too, like the stuff that I write, like lyrics are what I care most about because that's that's what I, I feel like I can contribute most to, right? Because sure. I don't understand music theory like Chase does, you know. I can't solo like he does. And so, um, you know, I have to focus on the lyrics, um, play to my strengths there. But um, Some of the things that's kind of changed is now that we're older, you know, we are making money. Um, and so with that comes um, some more administrative tasks. Like, for example, um, one of the gigs we've got, we've got to send invoices to because it's regular. It's for a, a commercial property management company. And so we have to send them invoices. They give us checks, um, you know, that comes with a, a banned account and taxes and you know, um, just the stuff that kind of comes with that. I've kind of assumed um, the more, I guess, logistical, legal role, like copywriting, music, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, stuff that I'm I'm doing as well. So a lot of stuff stayed the same. A lot of stuff has changed, and a lot of stuff too that we're trying to figure out together. Like I don't I don't know the first thing about copyright law, but <laughs> you know I'm I'm taking that role, and we're gonna do the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it, it, it's cool, and I think one of the things that's that's cool about the I'm gonna keep saying cool because it's really, really cool. <laughs> um, I think that's advantageous about the way that this setup has sort of happened. Is um, you guys, you guys. I mean, obviously, you your brothers. You know each other well. You you live together, but now that you're adults, you're able to still function as like adults together in the same project. Um, I, if yeah, I mean, from experience that is not the uh, the rule. <laughs> that is definitely the exception.
2: No, I mean there has certainly been. St- strains at times, because, I mean, the person I was in high school is not the person I am now, and the right. same is true for Chase and Seth, and so, especially, too, like, when I went uh, to college, like, we didn't band, I think, for maybe a year and a half to two years. Uh-huh. Um, actually, we had originally in, planned on ending it when I went to college, like, that was the end. I was in College Station, they were still in the woodlands, you know, we weren't going to do it anymore. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, going through college, obviously, when I came back, you know, when we picked it up two years later, we were all very different people. Right. <laughs> So having to figure out how to make that work, and then especially now, you know, I'm married now. I wasn't obviously married in high school. That's an added dynamic. I'm working full time. Of course, that's not something that I was doing. Um, I've got student loans, which is, you know, an, an added stress. It's not like we're just high schoolers who, you know, can kind of willy-nilly just be in a minute for the music man, you know. Yeah. We, uh, we have very other, you know, other responsibilities that we have to juggle now and other interests even that we didn't have back then. Um, and so there there definitely has been strenuous times um, in the history of the band, but I think because we're brothers, that's actually what's kind of enables us to get through it (laughs) is because, you know, we could do a cage match, right? Where we lock the door, the gloves come off (laughs) and, uh, you know, we, you know, we work things out. Um, so I mean, yeah, but, and I, I imagine too, there's going to be, you know, times in the future where we got to do that as well. But I think because we're brothers, because we live each other, um, we're kind of used to fighting, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like we're comfortable fighting, we're comfortable arguing. Um, and because of that, we've been able to, I think, get through some pretty, pretty challenging times.
0: Yeah, I mean, from everything I've seen, just from the moment I met, uh, well, I met Chase first, teaching at, at Box Rock, and then um, when I met you guys, I walked in, and I was like, whoa, like, this this is together, like, and obviously, like, nothing's, gonna, no no ensemble is going to be perfect, no anything, really. but I was like, whoa, you're you saying
2: we're not perfect? perfect, this is news to me, John, why are you <laughs> breaking this to be on our podcast? <laughs> uh,
0: well, I figured a public place was the best idea to tell everyone
2: nice um, nice but sorry continue I
0: see the band? well it's um no you know i you know, i uh, only am, i'm a one of two children certainly not of of four and you know when my sister was an adult you know six years before i was we haven't really been as close we didn't work on any any projects together mm-hmm. and so my idea of sort of what a, a sibling function is um uh, I was very impressed, uh, you know, to say the least, that you guys not only could, like, be in the same room as each other, but <laughs> um, contribute meaningfully, even after all of this, after all, everyone's, like, become a grown-up and wants to do their own things. Um, I, I think I think that's really, really awesome. <clears throat>
2: yeah, no, I do, too. And, I mean, that just, I think, kind of speaks to, you know, the testament of, you know, how, how great people Chase and Seth are, because, you know, Lord knows that. I'm not perfect either right and so I think I think we're I feel very fortunate to be in a group with um, you know such gracious 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 and respectful people um, generally speaking (laughs) we'll say we'll put all that in air quotes
0: (laughs) well I was uh, I was was, you know taking stock of my life the other day and like you know what because as a as someone who's trying to make their living off of music I constantly am like do I really need to be doing this, or could I be, you know, squeezing an extra penny out of it this day? And, um, I thought, okay, the time I spend with Carthy, what's going on there? And it's like now when I when I hang out with any any of the the Carl brothers or Ben or the whole band, I don't think of it as I'm hanging out with the band. I'm like I'm hanging out with these people. Like this, these are the the loveliest people. <laughs> Aww. Um, and uh, you know, we we didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say that on the, the interview with the bands uh, we were just kind of talking music and uh, you know Ben played organ and we all giggled all <laughs> and, you know, it's more of
2: a, a comedy sketch <laughs> yeah
0: you know it was it was it was a lot more lighthearted but I, I yeah. think um, you know it, it's it's something to be said and I hope that comes off it not like uh, most of what I say is creepy or weird but that's meant in, a, <laughs> in an endearing way <laughs> to me that you guys are the loveliest people uh, us, so.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And you know, we, me, Chase, and Seth, we do get together and kind of talk about sometimes sort of the vision of the band and are we still happy? You know, is everybody healthy? Because sometimes you know, if if somebody's going through something particularly stressful, you know, sometimes we need to slow down because like long term, that's that's the best thing, right? So we don't burn out. Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to say is, you know, there's not a time that we ever see each other where we we don't say like, well, we're so lucky to have Ben and John in this in this group. So it's it's a we're mutual.
0: Well, I mean that you know that means a lot because um, I I don't get time to think about it much, and when I do, I'm like you yeah. know. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, aside from that, that cool. I gotta stop saying cool. I'm gonna think of another word. I'm gonna <laughs> write down some synonyms over here. To just start it. saying
2: lit, man. Lit? It's just lit.
0: Uh, so <laughs> if I I will I will say that, and then I will immediately shut off the camera and <laughs> jump on the way. <laughs> No, it's it's. Uh, I appreciate being in the band um, uh, a lot, but I, I do want to talk. It if up to you, and it's it's one of the things that I think uh, can make the the things we talk about in music more relevant, more relatable to people. Um, you know, just about some some things, and it again, doesn't have to be personal or uh, intense or heavy, um, but just like growing up with with the guys and and sister and you know what was it like what role did music play even before the band um that kind of like what was it like to 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 grow up um you guys remember, yeah yeah we're, we're so and chase has explained to me you guys moved around uh, a little bit during the times you lived in pennsylvania at a point
2: yeah pennsylvania so first seven years of my life were spent in north carolina uh seven to eight years after that was Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been down here for geez, nine, ten years. Mm-hmm. Um so that's kind of the kind of the story. When I, I don't really remember North Carolina, Pennsylvania was kinda the most formative years. Pennsylvania, yeah. and Texas, I'd say. Yeah. But I guess as far as growing up with these guys, man, we could have a whole podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all homeschooled as well. Um so pretty close proximity we shared a room all three of us me chase and seth and kendall being the only sister of course got her own room she's always privileged in that regard um but yeah so i mean there was just i don't know growing up and that's such a it was you know we've always been kind of a tight-knit family and then being homeschooled on top of that spending a lot of time with each other and that kind of thing i think we've you know we've always kind of had that sort of brotherly slash sisterly um dynamic going on but chase got into music really young he got into music um oh geez how old was he maybe like maybe 10 or 11 um and he started taking guitar lessons um he eventually started to do something called friday night jam which was pretty awesome it was actually something through the homeschool group um there was one of the one of the dads in the group uh was an excellent keyboardist um and so he hosted friday night jam i think it was once a month and so Different kids in the homeschool group who played different instruments would come and they'd just jam. And it was, they were really good. Like it was insane. Um, And so that's where Chase really started to, because there were other guitarists there who were much older, you know, more experienced and better than he was that he could kind of uh, learn from. And that's where he really kind of started to hone his talent, I, I would say. Um, and I would tag along as well. Um, sometimes, you know, I was obviously younger than, than Chase was. And so, I mean, and also I didn't play an instrument. But, you know, they had bongos there. I'd bang on the bongos. Or um, I'd play harmonica for, like, their bluesier ones. I had a really good time blowing on the harmonica <laughs> at Friday Night Jam. That was great. Um, and actually, come to think of it, that might have been the first time I ever performed was with Friday Night Jam. Because every now and then they'd do something for the homeschool group or something like that. And I'd bring my harmonica for the blues song or something and I would have a solo. And I think that actually might have been the, the first time I ever performed. Um, but aside from that like I didn't do anything with music um, and I think I think it might have been around let's see so it was Pennsylvania so do you remember LimeWire? oh yeah you remember <laughs> LimeWire? yeah I discovered LimeWire and that that opened like before that I didn't listen to music um, but then you know we got LimeWire and I was listening everything uh, from ragtime you know disco like arena 80s rock um, to like remember Reliant K I don't know if you were into those guys yeah we <laughs> like okay. um you know just everything because it was all right there um and that's actually around the time i discovered john denver as well and i was i was obsessed with john denver i think i've actually told you this like i listened exclusively to john denver for like 24 months <laughs> like that was it steady that's diet nice. john denver <laughs> yeah and i i listened to every album every song and i i had everything he ever wrote like memorized um and forgive me if I'm I'm rambling. Like I said, we could make this a multi-series uh, podcast I episode. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I had it memorized, and it kind of led to a, a pretty formative time for me, like from a worldview perspective, because John Denver's music meant something to me because I kind of I put my own meaning on it. Right. Um, like I would listen to it. I'm like, this is exactly what he's singing about, and I know that because I've experienced this, and this is emotionally significant to me. Well, one time, I think it was like for a birthday or something, my mom found a book um, that was compiled of, I think it was like John Denver interviews or something like that, where he basically, through the course of the book, goes through and explains the meaning behind his most famous songs. And they were absolutely nothing what I thought that they meant. (laughs) Yeah, and that kind of blew my mind, because here I was thinking that me and John Denver have this spiritual connection, because he knows me, right? (laughs) I listen to this stuff, it's my life. Um, And then when I find out that, you know, he doesn't have a clue who the heck I am, and he wrote something from a very different perspective, (laughs) that kind of opened my mind um, to, you know, kind of the subjectivity, I guess, of, um, I mean, if we're going to be existential here, I guess art in general, but specifically um, with lyrics. Um, And when I first started um, writing lyrics um, around the time, so Chase was in and out of a couple of different bands. This is by the the time we got to high school. uh, We were down here in Texas. He was in and out of a couple of bands. He always knew he wanted to make music work. Obviously, incredibly gifted. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be an economist. That's what I was going to go to college to study. Um, the only thing I cared about music was the stuff that John Denver wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I also went through a phase where I was obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack. I was a weird kid. <laughs> uh, I would like I, I didn't I didn't listen to like a large portfolio of music. It's like I would find like something very very narrow and obsess over it. Like that was all I would listen to, and everything else was just not for me um but anyway when i started writing lyrics because so chase was in and out of bands um i asked chase one day could you teach me to play guitar but i just want to play guitar john denver songs i don't actually even need to know how to play guitar i just need to know how to play his his songs that's all i want to do is sing his songs um and so he's like yeah sure so we picked an easy one i can't remember what it was you know probably country roads three chords four chords whatever um and i learned pretty quickly because i got a john denver guitar book i learned very quickly that there are more than four chords and (laughs) that's Sometimes they get more complicated and yeah, it's like, oh shoot, this isn't actually easy. Um, and because I was kind of, you know, limited in my ability, I started just playing with those four chords that I knew. Um, and I, the reason I started writing songs is because I wasn't good enough to play other people's songs. <laughs> That's why I started writing songs. And so I started playing around with lyrics and sort of just keeping that in mind, that understanding that lyrics are subjective and, you know, they can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. When I first started writing, I kind of had that in perspective as I kind of wanting to be you know, you want to be, you want to be intentionally vague, if that makes sense. And so, you know, have the intentionality there because you are trying to communicate something, right? But you want to have that vagueness there as well so that people can look at that. I see lyrics like a mirror, right? If yeah. it's good, when people pick up your lyrics and they read it, they see themselves. Yeah. And you can't do that unless there's a level of, you know, intentional vagueness there. And I feel like I kind of learned that, um, learned that from John Denver. Um, and of course, you know, I'll never be as good as he is and all I do is, you know, filthy rags at the feet of the master. But.
0: <laughs> anyway, man, I, I, I think a lot – and this, this could be um, – this may sound like a stroke of my own ego, given what you just said, because I agree with you. I totally agree with you <laughs> on that. Um, um, so, I, I, first of all, I, I enjoy the songs that, that you've written and the songs that we perform. I think they're very thoughtful and meaningful. And like you're saying, if, if lyrics are a bit of a mirror – maybe that's me projecting something about myself onto the lyrics and then enjoying myself by <laughs> proxy.
2: It's self-discovery, right?
0: It, well, it, it can be. And that's, that's one of, one of the, uh, one of my go-to questions I'm curious always. What is music? to you? What is art? But we, I want to get to that. Oh geez. Later. I know Another
2: multi-series.
0: That's because, <laughs> well, and you know, that is sort of the name of the podcast is music in our world. Um, and that means something different. Well, what part of your world? What, whose world who's me whose world is that and um but no i think uh so you're saying when you and one of the next things the biggest things i want to talk to you about was you know writing songs and and lyrics and stuff um because it, i i think it can be construed as vagueness sometimes but i think mm. really what like what i strive for when i write songs is ubiquity meaning mm. everybody can get something out of it there's universally a message there maybe um, instead of vagueness you you're creating a legitimately blank slate whereas unthoughtful lyrics are you know formulaic and maybe they just seem like someone put a sticker on what could have been this awesome blank canvas or something so, mm. um, I, I think I think ubiquity and 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 uh, relativity <coughs> are important and I, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, I, I enjoyed the, the music that, that you guys have written um, so I think I'm always curious, I do I want to you know, sort of steer us towards writing songs. Uh, what, what's like your process mm. for writing songs?
2: A good question. Still trying to figure that out. I feel like if I could <laughs> figure that out, I would be more prolific. Um, um, I feel like my process has kind of changed, so obviously when I first started writing songs, it was just on my, my bed in my parents' house. Um, you know, with my four chords. And what I would do is I would find um, a chord progression that I thought was cool. Um, or sometimes I'd try to be a little bit unique. And so, like, what I would do is I'd come up with a chord progression and I would run into Chase's room and say, hey, is this is this cliché? Does everybody do this? And he'd say, yes, absolutely. And then I'd run back and try to rearrange them in a different way. Um, and, of course, you know, the four chords i know, it's like you can't be profound with the four chords, you know. And so um, I didn't do that very long. <laughs> um, but I would try to find four chords um, that... I thought were, you know, particularly appealing for for whatever reason, just sounded nice, really. Um, And then I would try to find, um, you know, when I'm playing guitar, just kind of um, hum a melody with it. And so when it comes to melodies, I'm a huge fan of Elton John. This guy's melodies are amazing. And so whenever I I write a melody, I feel like if it came too easily, it's not a good melody. (laughs) Um, And I know that's not, you know, a, a very good universal benchmark because some of the most, you know, the simplest melodies can be, you know, the most... Profound in a lot of ways, but sure. basically, I just wanted there to be. And this is actually something. Um, there's a documentary of, of uh, John Denver. I think um, I think PBS did it. Um, and you know, Annie, who was his wife, um, talked about John Denver having a particular talent for having a a marriage between um, the melody um, and the music. Uh, yeah. And so when I'm trying to come up with a melody, I, I have that sort of the marriage kind of thing in mind. Is, is are these is this melody built for this song or could you put this melody on anything? And so that's kind of the sort of the exclusivity is kind of what I look for with a melody and, and the chords. And I know it's so vague, right? Somebody listen to this and be like, oh, well, thanks a lot, Drew. That, you know, I'm now going to go write a song. It's like, that's completely worthless. But that's the mindset that I have. I know there's nothing that tangible there, um, but it kind of helps me to think about it that way. Um, and then lyrics, man, lyrics like, you can't. I don't know if there's like a, I don't know if there's a process for writing lyrics. I mean, there's there's stuff that you do. For example, I knew a guy in high school who carried around a notebook sure. and a pen everywhere he went, and whenever he heard a word he thought was interesting or even a phrase, yeah, yeah. For those listening, John just held up a notebook, <laughs> 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 and he would just yeah, he would just jot thoughts down um, that he would then later try to. You know, he'd look through his notes for inspiration. If he found something, he'd try to build something out of it. Um, I did that, certainly in college, uh, on the bus. You know, I'd just be driving or riding in the bus on my way to class, and I'd have my notebook out, and I'd just, you know, sort of the the free-flow writing, right? You just kind of try to put something on page. Um, I think reading is extremely important when it comes to writing lyrics. Um, And this kind of comes into, kind of ties in with the vagueness, because I feel like a lot of artists kind of put themselves in a box when they limit themselves to only writing about their experiences. Right. You run out of that quickly. Um, even if you've had amazing experiences, you know, you've only been around for 20 some odd years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're limited in that regard. I mean, that's like maybe one album if you've had a particularly interesting life.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but if you read, it really allows you to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and write music from a more empathetic perspective. Um, or especially if you're writing poetry and you try to understand sort of the perspective of what the poet's trying to communicate. You know, you learn so much. Um, about turn of phrase, you know, or about, you know, how much something so small can mean, right? And so many different angles and you start to kind of think that way. And so when you, you know, it, if if you, if you, it's kind of like, let's see, um, I feel like, I feel like writing, I'm going to use, I might use the word lyrics and poetry interchangeably because yeah. there's a lot of overlap, but like, would you trust a musician who came to you and says, yeah, I don't like listening to music? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh that's kind of how i feel about people who consider themselves a lyricist or a poet and they don't necessarily read that often yeah it's kind of the same thing it's like okay yeah all right you know you like to diary you know journal entries um that's totally different of course there's a place for that um i'm just saying that sort of if you want to i guess take pride in your craft it's best if you read because that'll you know help you be mastering it but I, I guess, too, like, this isn't very helpful because I know the question was, what's my songwriting process? And really all I'm doing is just throwing darts at a wall and saying, you tell me. <laughs> but, uh, that's,
0: that's what it is.
2: I, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you're good. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I have basic mindsets and, and basic things that, you know, I, I try to collect along the way. And sometimes, too, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I'm driving home from rehearsal and I'll just start humming to myself or something. I'm like, that's pretty cool, you know, or... One of, there's a song um, we've got, um, I don't think it, it hasn't been recorded yet, it's Four Leaf Clover, it's actually my wife's favorite song, it's a great song. One of the lines I got, I pulled it directly out of a book, and it was a stupid book, I didn't even finish reading. <laughs> but the line was really cool, <laughs> and so I'm just like, that's awesome, and I put it in a song and totally changed the meaning for it to, to fit my purposes, and now it's a beautiful line in what I think to be a beautiful song, so it's just important to read. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, if you find anything in there that's that's cool. worth <laughs> going deeper so, on I, I guess i could try <laughs> yeah,
0: i i like this and well so here's the thing here's one of the big reasons i'm interested in uh, as a songwriter so i i will say that i've dabbled in writing us writing songs i have a few songs that i've kicked around none, none of them that even readily come to mind but um you know you you may be aware that like i, I have a degree in music composition like i am a writer and creative person. Um, but so for example like right now i'm working on a piece for harp and two percussionists well i'm i'm thinking of ways certainly to express myself but they're very different from okay i'm going to get a nice chord progression down then i'm going to have right (laughs) and then i'm going to have some meeting a whole
2: level beyond what i could comprehend i'm sure
0: well see here's the thing and that's what i one of the reasons why i like note Getting to know people's process. I don't think it's beyond. I think it's parallel, oh. but but the same thing. Because for for like to a lot of times and sometimes I'll, I will be responsible for writing words. I can write. I write for guitar and voice, and or I write for piano and voice, like what they call art songs. You know, you learn how to set text in college, um, in in music school rather, and and but coming up with. Um, Oh, so I just got an email, and I do want to say that it's a good one. Let me That's read sweet. this. Let me read this to you. Oh wow! Uh, it's pertinent, and I will, will get back, <laughs> right back to right back to music nerd things. ITunes, from the iTunes Store. iTunes Store podcast created successfully. Successfully notifications. So, there it is. Slow clap. As we're listening to it, <laughs> uh, you can now find music in our world. <laughs> iTunes Store oh that's awesome uh, and i've also uh, submitted it to stitcher and i've heard they're they're really good about getting people on so um uh, oh man okay <laughs> i'm <sorry>. well, congratulations <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome amazing. um no but, okay so um the the this, the idea of writing a song and uh, performing because i've been in i've been in all sorts of different kinds of bands where songwriting is like paramount to the process of being in a band i've been in a country band i've been in punk rock i've um, part of this wonderful project. Now I've I've played some in some jazz groups that have wonderful, th- thoughtful, touching lyrics, um, and it's always. I don't want to say it's mystified me, uh, because I think if I if I sat down and tried to, tried to do it, I could. But that's not my voice. It, my voice is not, like a familiar one coming through um, thoughtful lyrics through a uh, through a pop song or a folk song. Um, what do you mean by it's not your voice? I think uh, I have learned to speak more through instruments. Uh, for example, um, I, when my my first year of composition study, I wrote a piece for marimba, a per- keyboard percussion instrument, and um, it will actually it's, it's being performed tomorrow, um, oh, nice. the 6th of April up at up at Sam Houston, and um, you know I'm I'm one of them, one of them straight and so I was, of course, inspired to write a piece by a girl that was in my vicinity. Um, and it was, really, it was really cool at first. I was like, okay, yeah, I have this, it starts out with this nice pretty corral, and she and I were having a good time, and um, it, it immediately, it, it switches into like this weird, odd mixed meter. It goes immediately into a minor key. It's all the things that I know to signify frustration and negativity and all of these things and um the piece actually ends that way it ends sort of abruptly but softly um and i just i just didn't ever hear from this person again and so um you know i went up there yesterday to visit with the the performer uh awesome dude um i hope to have him on actually his uh name's jihad curry Uh, but he's he was working on it and he was like uh, you know he asked me he's like what what's the story behind it because uh ah you know what are you what are you trying to say you could feel it and that's what i told him i was like so you can probably guess he's like it's about a girl isn't it like, oh <laughs> you know like
2: he saw like, right through you <laughs>
0: yeah and, and wow well and one of the things i was like that's really cool because i wrote it i wrote that piece a long time ago it was 2009 oh wow you know? it's, it was my like my junior year of college my first year of music study um, but I was like, I, this is what I want to express. I want to get out some angst. I want to get out frustration. Um, I want it to also be kind of cool to listen to because when I, when I step back and watch what was happening, I was like, this is fascinating. Um, I'm a music composition student. I think she was doing like business or something, but we were on the drum line together. And like, so there's yeah. all these rhythmic things happening. Uh-huh. And so you, if you look at the piece, there's a message there. You zoom out and you look at me writing the piece, well, there's a message there. You watch me right. watching it like right now, you know you you can understand even that much just because you've you're right. aware of the process a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I guess when you say like you feel like when you write lyrics, like it's not you, or it's not your voice. I guess so. I guess what you're saying is like you rather would communicate through a composition rather than words. I
0: guess. I, th- I think that's accurate, and um, it's part of it is when I when I used to write songs. Um, I didn't like, I didn't really play them for anyone. So I guess I didn't, I wasn't pursuing the initial validation of, you Mm. know, listen to me. What do you think of my songs? Do do I sound, am I a good singer? Um, you know, I, I didn't really even try singing my first note until I was in college. So I didn't know, I I literally hadn't even found my voice yet. Um, and just since I had the drums thing, that was doing fine for me. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, I, but the, what's cool now is as a composer, I can relate to some of those things about the songwriting process.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. I think, I think too, cause like, I don't know, like people will listen to Marie, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, Andrew's a poet. He must be naturally gifted. Marie was like maybe the 280th <laughs> song I ever tried to put together. And there are, you know, countless numbers of songs that were just, utter crap that ended up in a trash can somewhere sure. um, and you know I, I guess of course you're familiar with the concept of the muse I imagine oh, the yeah. most of the listening audience is also familiar with the concept of the muse yeah. I felt like the muse came through me to write that song I look at that song I'm like wow that's a good song the guy who wrote this must be pretty insightful <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I mean that, that yeah. wasn't me but I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to say is are you any good at basketball? do you play basketball?
0: uh I fell over playing basketball once. Does that count?
2: Yes. (laughs) So if you had a basketball hoop in your driveway and you had a basketball in your hands, do you think you could make it on your first try? 50-50. 50-50.
0: What
2: about the second try? If you had 10 tries, do you think you'd make one of those?
0: Probably one of them, yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. And if you had 20 tries, 30 tries, 40 tries, the statistical likelihood that you will get one of those baskets goes up. That's how I kind of look at songwriting. is kind of a numbers game to some extent. Obviously, you always you all be um, sharpening yourself and getting better, so that you know when you are inspired, you're talented enough to channel that inspiration into something productive. Because that's something that's frustrating. Frustrating when you feel inspired, but then you sit down and you're just overcome by the tyranny of the blank page, and you know you don't know how to convert that inspiration into something productive. but i guess the point i'm trying to say is obviously the vast majority of stuff you write is going to be terrible yeah it's going to be bad but it's increasing the likelihood that you are going to actually make a basket um
0: yeah uh and i think especially so and what's different too, what makes this all different is is if you're able to if you're in a position say for example you're writing songs for a band that you're in you actually get to perform your music I think that even raises the likelihood a little bit more. You're emotionally more emotionally connected. Ah, uh, right. And yeah, no, that's
2: a good point. Yeah, The other context.
0: And the honing process can take place on stage during a performance. And so, for example, let's say next week you sit down to write a song um, after the Dosie Do show.
2: <laughs> Anybody listening, you can get tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Crazymusic.com. Right.
0: You know, actually, you know what? I'm thinking about this. I might bump this up because uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm. I'm just having so much fun. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this is good. Since I got the email about the iTunes thing, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bump this up. We're gonna. We're gonna go live this set. Oh, sweet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, for example, say you leave. Um, you know, you could take something. Say we play Marie on uh, on stage at Dessy Doe. You're like, oh, this certain thing felt a certain way. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. Then you go home and you're you're playing a guitar. It's like, huh. You know that thing I don't I didn't really care for in Marie. Maybe I did a thing I didn't normally do, and then oh man, I can use that that weird thing that anomaly and write a completely <laughs> uh, new song off of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which no. May, absolutely. Which may not happen if you're not on stage playing your own music.
2: You know. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I mean, I do that with all types of projects, like I, you know, sometimes I'll have like five songs of like, you know, these all kind of suck, but this verse is kind of cool, and that ending is kind of cool, and you know, you can kind of cut and paste and paste it there and actually make something pretty cool as well. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I think you can, you can kind of look at that in, in any kind of way. Um, but while while you're saying that, I had the thought too, kind of in line with the John Denver thing. Um, um, oh, geez, it just oh geez, it just, again. I hate that. I wanted to say it just before. It left me. It left me to say it earlier, and so I'm like, I'm gonna get this out now, and now it's gone again. I remember so when I looked at that John, De- John, De- John De- that explained to me all the meaning of John, Devers, John Devers, it kind of devastated me for a bit because I'm like like, now his music doesn't mean anything to me anymore <laughs> uh, because it's not what I thought it meant and so that right. kind of crushed me and so I kind of had to do some self-discovery to be like okay just because he had a different opinion doesn't mean that I can't take my opinion and the, that was sort of the point right? right so to this day I won't tell people what my songs are about
0: because you don't want to ruin the magic
2: absolutely someone says hey is this song about this? I'm like, well, what do you think? Because <laughs> whatever you think, that's that's what I what. That's what's most important to me is how you view it. Right. Um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't. anybody who Marie is. Marie is. I can't tell you how many people have asked me who's Marie. Who. do you, who do you think Marie is? And I've gotten actually some pretty interesting, interestingations. <laughs> um, um, of course, there's always you know the common uh, interpretation, which may or may not be true. <laughs> uh, you know, Marie. Marie's. Uh, you know, a girl I used to know. Um, there are some people who think that Caitlin, my wife, is Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting uh, pers- uh, perspective I got is someone thought, thought Marie Marie was Mary, and that I was singing from a Catholic perspective. Sure. And to him, that was impactful. Um, and I don't want to say that that's not true. It's not true, it maybe.
3: <laughs> but it's,
2: I found that actually uh, really, really interesting. It's interesting. It's, I never tell anybody what my music is about. Because um, what I think it's about is it implies it to me, I mean, it is, it's important. to me, but it's not important that other people know what that means to me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I was, I was just getting ready to say like the fun for me, because I, I look, I, I freaking love that song. Like, I, I really <laughs> like. I'm, it's probably inappropriate because it's not a very like drum set heavy song. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I just want to like wave a lighter and hang out when it's. But it, you know, um, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I could ask you. I couldn't... If you told me, I would be like, dude, spoiler alert. For, <laughs> because going through this song, I, I, for me, I have four Marie's. Not, oh, wow. oh, And, and wow. not all of them are... You know, not all of them are... Girlfriend, wh- whoever, significant necessarily, but it's just little things. And it's like right, several right. experiences that I can put together. And that's one of the reasons why I liked it. And it wasn't, you know... It, if it is something wonderful and profound, sweet, and or if it's something <laughs> you know more pragmatic, just there was somebody or something that you were around a lot, you got to observe, or if it's just completely meaningless, which I it's fine, you know, you wrote a meaningful song, you can do that about. It. But if I like, I like you were saying, if I if I knew what it was, I don't think I would. I think I would still enjoy it, but only just because you know it's a good song, it's catchy. Um, but I, can, I enjoy it on so many different levels because all these great, so, like a bunch of them, really, really good memories, and some not-so-great memories. Right, it's a journey
2: that allows
3: you to
0: re-experience those chapters. Yeah,
2: that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I have a, I have a sense of
0: response to it as well, so well, I enjoy listening to
2: it for, for some of reasons. Some reasons. But, uh, one of the most impactful, full, I guess, guess thing as a song, a song ever happened actually actually happened um, at our E.T. At our release show um, in June. June. Uh-huh. Uh, it was actually uh, a docy Do- um, and it was um, I mean it was to the Mercy oh, song. Um, um, so, so Daniel Miller, you know, Ben Miller's, Miller's or brother, brother, younger brother
3: came up to me after the yeah, show after the show he said, and he said thank, thank you for writing it's Mar- it's everything, it's everything I've, I've ever, ever wanted, wanted to say, say to my fiance. And wow. and that, and that like, I was, was
2: so moved and so and by that. And I just I just thought
3: obviously I don't know his fiance you know obviously, obviously when I wrote my songs. When I, wrote the the song, when I wrote the song, it was song years before. where, you know, they were, they were engaged, engaged and
2: serious, and stuff. So, and so. It's <laughs> the point I'm trying to, I'm trying trying to say really is, it's really cool about, me, cool about music, how to allow, allow it to kind of take on those shapes, because shapes, shapes, it's going to be allow, be, allow, it allow it to be so much more impactful and so much more profound for people, which people
3: which to, me, to, to, me to me, is more of a songwriter, rather than just explicitly writing for communication. Self-expression.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
3: that that moment. That moment made it. That that moment. That moment kind of you know makes all worth it. All worth it. I feel like as a songwriter, there's moments like that. You know. And and, um. Anyway.
0: Well, no, I, I agree. And as a matter of fact, that reminds me of um. Of a of a time in college where I had a, what I feel like is kind of a similar experience. Um, so I was I was uh i was in a fraternity and this is how like this is one of the days or the one of the moments that really solidified what i wanted to do and how i wanted to do it um i was in a musician's fraternity at up at sam houston and one of our activities is we would have a meeting every week and we would get together and sing like that was part of our meeting agenda and then you know part of the the national fraternity said we had to sing this this much in public and put on this many recitals. So it was, it was a thing we did. Most, most of us enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one of my, my – so the marimba piece was really my first completed large-scale composition. The, the next thing that I really finished was a piece for the chapter of Fami Alpha up at Sam. Like, I wrote it top to bottom, I and Ed, what's different about this is I wrote the text. Like, sort of, it's based on the fraternity and the idea of, you know, fraternity and friendship and brotherhood and specifically how music works in, in yeah. us. And the, so the piece is called Artists Are We. Oh, cool. How cool. And it, it talks about, right, tight, right, right, tight. Right, dude, it's, um, to me, it's, it's one of the most, this, this, it's, there's a reason this moment was the most meaningful. Um, they, and I was super inexperienced. Uh, When I presented it to the the fraternity and the guys were like, yeah, you know what, let's check it out. Let's see what this guy wrote. Um, And it was arranged a little funky because I didn't know a lot of the conventions. Um, Some of the singer, you know, the guys that were studying to be professional singers were like, hey, this is kind of weird. Maybe, like, let's fix this and switch this cross-voicing. I was like, okay, cool. But we're reading it, like, the second or third time and they're like hey so we see that you made these edits do you want to conduct it which was kind of a big thing for me I was a journalism major at the time <laughs> and it was it was awkward and a little lumpy and it took forever but i got to it uh, i finally was like okay cool um, we're going through we're going through the first like little phrase and so it starts it's it's not necessarily really in a key until like measure 7 or 8 and it's this, it resolves to this D minor chord, which, uh, you know, if you know anything about pop culture, D minor is the saddest of all keys. And uh, so that's a spinal tap <laughs> um, But it's, 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 it's a big, like, open D minor chord. And we had a lot of singers, and so uh, a lot of rather vocal majors in the fraternity. So it sounded good leading up to that. It started, and, and we... Um, it's a like a, a big stopping point. So I'm sitting there conducting, and I'm I've got my goofy, untrained gesture, and I get to the point where I'm like, "Hey, we're about to hold this note," and the whole fraternity looks at me. We they all sing this D minor chord, just it was stacked beautifully, and and, and it rang because we're in like, we were in the choir room, a lot of really open, resonant space. And dude, like, I have no problem admitting this as a as a grown man, like. I put my hands down and like lost my stuff in front of the fraternity. I immediately started bawling. Wow! I was like I don't even I don't know the ins and outs of how I did it, but I know that I wrote it, and it means so much that you even looked at it. But then you sang it, you wow. so sang it at me, and I just I like, couldn't handle it. Like I just I sat there <laughs> crying. I was like, dude, wow. I can't music forever and ever. This is the best feeling I've ever felt. Wow.
1: Wow. Um, wow um, what wow a what a story it's like it's you like you're going to damascus
3: that's awesome yeah and it was
0: it i haven't had anyone say specifically since it's you know not the songwriting idiom um uh you know i know what to say to my fiance now or to my other but i have heard hey i would really love to have that piece i would really love to have you do some work for my wedding my wedding day, oh, oh, or, oh. You know, can you arrange this thing? Because I like the way that you change things up when you, you know, transcribe and arrange. And so, you know, it's kind of kind of similar in that way. And I'm I'm super super um, excited that some of the, the processes are are very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I feel is, like this uh, kind of, of that's kind of,
3: you um, um, for me because you know, is, you know, I you know, know what I do, is we so, right, so, so musically untrained, right? right? I, I still, I, I still only know, you know, know, I can you know, count how many chords I know on my fingers, and I, I can't even. show you the shapes chord shapes, I don't know what they're
1: called. So, a lot of what I do is very much from the hip, and it's very much, you know, it is it's
3: very lyrical, it's very analytical, and so it's pretty cool, you know. Obviously, obviously, I look somebody who composes music, somebody who actually understands music, and you know, that is for me. So that's really cool. Appreciate uh, you uh, you sharing that and story. Yeah, story. That's that's an awesome that's an story. awesome story. I like to think so. <laughs> uh,
0: so let me let me ask you this. It's kind of a um. Let's see what do we got here? I have like a whole bunch of stuff. To... <laughs> um, we,
3: can, we can make this a multi episode. Drew and John, John series, man. <laughs> like, we could. I'll come
1: true. back. I'll come back. I know how I to know how to send invoices, so don't worry about that. About that. <laughs>
0: Well, so Because we When we talked about the process We got to And that makes sense Sometimes I write I'll think of a a Nice chord progression And have a melody And then Sometimes I'll add the lyrics Or text steps Sometimes I don't But Do you you think that you would Say that you're a person That um, Constantly has something Playing in their head?
3: Can you say constantly, like, you know, like a melody, or like, you
0: know, it could be either. So it could be like a song that you've heard before, a song that you like to play, or a new melody, or a new set of words. Is there, is there a soundtrack going on? I wouldn't say
1: constantly. I wouldn't constantly. say constantly. Um, I have to, um, I have to, uh, to you, know,
3: you know, I guess the older I'm getting, older the more older I'm, I'm having to realize that I have to find ways to sort, get to sort that, of get that music to play.
1: play. Right. So in
3: college, college, I feel like I, feel like I was, was most
1: prolific college. in college, um, sports sports for, sports for a couple reasons. reasons. One of be them being obviously I was
3: procrastinating, I'd much like rather play guitar, guitar <laughs> than <laughs> study <laughs> for whatever else I had going on. Um, um, but the other thing too is, you know, you have time. You know, to you know, to, you know. Sometimes we sometimes sometimes have time. time. Obviously, when yeah. to go to class and working, working and being part of organization. Sometimes I don't. But I had, well, I had, I had more time in college, obviously, than I do now. more time full time. Yeah. And you know, I, I, some of the best songs I ever time time wrote was in that dingy in apartment, apartment, apartment off of, off of campus, of campus. campus. where well, well, I would just spend hours, hours with my guitar, staring at the cracks in the wall. You know, and when you, are in that environment and you're, you know, guitar, you start, you start to hear it in your head, and you start to sort of chase that and Takes you places, and, and you know, you know, you know it, it. You know you're recording something, or you're working on a very draft of something, and i really right. starts to put it together. But um, i you know, and sometimes too, like you know, just like like, like driving during rehearsal. You know, i will be driving in the silence, the sound of the highway or something. You know, you will know, you know, we'll start to get something, get driving something driving turning in, in my head. And you know, on my iPhone, I'll pull up that a voice recorder app, and I'll hum the melody, or I'll speak up lyrics, or something I want to work on later. Um, well um, I, but I'm I'm somebody that really has to I have to be, I have to be still. still in order in order it, for that music okay. to play in order for me to kind of hear, it, hear it, it if you will. Sure. Um, um, otherwise, otherwise, you know, I, feel like I, feel like I feel like that, that might have been why it, it took me so to long discover. to discover that I, that I I I consider myself a songwriter now. You I, know, it took me so long to discover that myself. I think because it's something that I it's kind of dormant unless I stop. I've been kind of attentive. My wife recently has started getting into yoga. And so, and so I started, started, to, try I started to, do, to try to do it with their, with well like, as well. As well, like, there's kind of like a, a time routine to, team team to, calm, to calm, calm your body down, down. or something in yoga. Obviously, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. that kind of thing. I've, I've actually found that to be pretty, yeah. pretty cool because kind of, it kind of allows you to relax, and to stop, and to, stop slow and to slow down, down. and like like when you start to course that right. sort of threshold and stuff, so you start to get the music again, and it's really cool. because I feel like, man, modern life. we carry a computer in our pocket. I'm somebody who's somewhat obsessed with the news. It doesn't matter what news it is. I'm obsessed with it. You know, I'm pretty active with texting and you I'm working on and I'm trying to get more into Instagram. I still don't understand Snapchat, but the point I'm trying to communicate is um, um, you know, and that's, that's just best study, best study, for pleasure. pleasure. but then there's also for work, right? I've got a work email, I got a work laptop. Oh, no. um, when, uh, I'm happy when I'm at, you know, I'm at work most of my life, yeah. um, um, I'm the bombarded with these stresses of, the the of work, and uh, all uh, the times it's hard to be leave that at the office, right? You come home and you carry that with yeah. you. You you sit in traffic. know, traffic is noisy. The point is, it's so you know, the bills to pay. it's so easy to get stuck in a cycle, and your back's up against the wall, and in survival mode. You know, you don't hear the music anymore. I'm a very sad person. And so, having that intentionality of blocking, blocking stuff, out stuff out and saying, I will be silent, I will be silent. next hour.
1: I am, I am this, is a, this is a recent development. development. Yeah, you know, back something back that I'm starting to sort of experiment forward. with
0: um, in, order in order to, to continue to keep, you know, keep
3: alive that sort of flame of creativity right that I feel like you know, the, the wave, wave of the world is trying to you know, you know, wash out. Wash out. Yeah. Um, one of my old uh, of my at one of my previous companies also wrote um, um, so a lot of in stuff college. in college and it's pretty sad because well, when I met him he had been out of college, college so, yeah, three to four, four years, years and he's like man now, I, don't, I don't think I've written anything since I started, so started working in college. after college. Yeah. It, just,
1: it, just it just beat it out, beat it out of him you know and I think, I think sales particularly you know it's it's a tough
3: world out there and you know you don't <laughs> have a lot to give at the end of the day after you wait waited all the do job, your job so it, uh, it could be tough but I'm finding um, I'm finding it really, 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 really helpful and beneficial to have this intentionality behind blocking and putting up walls and saying, blind. this is my piece This is. and I think and and that's why yoga so Kyle sort of kind of allows to you to be conscious of this place that you have in space and kind of allows you to sort of into your minds and kind of just kind of,
1: you know, exist without those. Um, um, pressure pressures and, and responsibilities. And, and I feel like when like you know, can you exist without pressures and
3: responsibilities, and you're, a you're a child again, right? Yeah. It's not, not uncuttered creativity, joy. unfettered joy. And I feel like that's a what lot of, of, a lot of you know is about, about is just the, the joy, joy of, of experiencing more more space place yeah. in space space. That makes that makes sense. Not yeah. existential, that's existential. <laughs> but this is something this is something this is something I'm currently working through this is only something I've started to think about in the past you know week or two. Um but, but kind of where, where I'm at.
0: That's, it's a, and I was hoping, and I, and I kind of figured there was something like that going on. That's to me, that means for, let's, let's say we get together later and you show me a song you're working. It's the simplest thing ever. Now that, now I know you're, you may have written a simple song on purpose. It may have been like, <laughs> this idea came to me and the simplest form is the best idea. Um, it is, it is an existential activity. It's not, it it can be a casual hobby, but it can be as deep as deep as your brain can comprehend. I think that's how deep music can go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, um, that with, so it sounds like you've, you've kind of got your, your priorities in a certain way. And, and I'm curious, and I think we may have talked a little bit about this before. Um, if, you know writing songs singing songs playing music if that was an option would give you full-time wages you know benefits for your you know for your family is that something that you'd want to do or do you want to sort of have it as a, as a secondary
2: absolutely it's something i want to do i mean sometimes i get emotional just thinking about it because i mean i feel like you know if 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 i do have a purpose i think like on this earth i feel like that's one of them yeah. <laughs> or you know possibly the one like I feel. I mean, we talk about sort of the existential aspect of it. You know, um, there's a spirituality aspect of it to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess whatever your thoughts are, you know, on God. Obviously, there's a lot of different religions out there, and different people believe different things. But I will say that, you know, I feel closest to God when I'm creating. Yeah. Like, and that's I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> that's uh, that's you know, I can I can say that. And so, I mean, I feel um i feel a lot of purpose um being able to do it full-time causes me a lot of pain and anxiety actually um and so i mean i feel like i feel like i'm about to get really hippie on you here i feel like society is a cone-shaped funnel designed to lock you in um and that's where i find myself i'm locked in um and i did what everybody told me to do i got good grades in high school like i went to college i studied hard i got a good job out of college um, but you know, I have student loans. Yeah. You know, I don't want to tell you how many hundreds of dollars I had to pay in student loans this month because I was I was between jobs recently and so I'm kind of catching up on some of those payments. Right. Um and it, it, it gets to the point and these payments too, they go up right. every couple of years because they imagine that you're advancing in your career. Um I'm on a twenty five year repayment plan. <laughs> huh. For the next twenty five years, I could be living it doesn't matter, you know, as my income is going up because, you know, theoretically I'm getting, you know, more responsibility and I'm a more capable a person in the corporate world or whatever, I'll still be living like I did when I first graduated college because of all the loans I have to pay back. Right. That's nothing to say, you know, with the amount of taxes I pay, man. I get my pay stub and I'm just like, man, uh, the rebellion starts now, <laughs> you know? Like, um, and so I, I do feel, I feel very locked in. I feel my hands are very tied. I'm not passionate, obviously, about what I do. And um, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I feel like I'm forced to do what I do because of the decisions I made, I decided to go to college and get a good job right. because that's what I was told to do. And I feel like actually that is kind of, you know, you can't make blanket statements, right? Because I, I met my wife in college, and so and like I would I would never say that oh you know I would go back and not go to college because I, obviously that that's a really thing me. for me. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like you know it's that was really kind of the beginning of what what kind of kept me from being able to do. What I love and what I'm passionate about full time. And to be fair, at the time I went to college, I didn't know this about myself. Right. It's something I discovered during college, and something that has become more solidified now that I'm outside of college. And so, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like society does the absolute best it can to keep you from what your purpose is or what your potential is. And that's why I started this started you know this conversation by saying you got to rage, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to fight because you know no one else is going to fight for your life. You know, you got to. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of why I'm still in the band because I believe in it. I do think um, I think we can be successful. You know, um, I think you know if you were to I say, do you think you'll ever have a number one hit and you'll be on an international tour? I don't know. I think We can certainly sketch out or uh, you know get a, enough of a fan base to to pay the bills and to support our lifestyle. Which I just need enough to continue writing music. I don't need to be rich. <laughs> You know, something else I've learned after college is money isn't really making me – it doesn't make me happy, right. you know. After a certain point, obviously, you need money because you're not happy unless you've got breakfast, sure, right? right? you gotta, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to have a car. But after a certain point, more money doesn't make me more happy. Right. Um, and so I think that's kind of what's so frustrating is you look around and, you know, you don't – it's just kind of like you just feel stuck. Like I feel like I'm wearing hand, handcuffs. Yeah. No. Um, but, you know, I'm a fighter, and it's a privilege to fight, and you only have one life, and worst-case scenario, I'll try getting out of this trap my whole life, but at least I died trying, right? Yeah. I, I would rather, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd rather get into the pain and trying system um, than surrender, because if I surrender, just kill me now. You know, what's the point?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm right there with you, and <laughs> I've, I've sort of done a few things. Now, when I was, because I, I taught in the public schools, and I was teaching music, but it's not it's not that it's not the the catharsis it's not the expression that I, an artist I think um, is really looking for it, it's important and yes we need music teachers to make more capable musicians um, but when I when I was teaching I felt like man I'm being sort of stifled in, in a lot of different ways um, and you know found out that wasn't that wasn't for me but um,
2: there's some, there's some I don't know if that's gonna show up in the recording or
0: Oh, um it didn't happen on here, so hopefully, okay. hopefully gonna... cool.
2: Sorry listeners, continue
0: Josh. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I know I I'm right there and even though I'm technically working in the music industry, like I've I've taught and do lessons and stuff, um you know, there's really nothing like like you're saying, creating, writing a song. Um, you know, I don't consider myself to be necessarily uh, religious or, or particularly spiritual, but I do feel like if someone asked me, like, hey, you know, if you had to pick a religion, what is your religion?" Well, it's it's music, it's art, it's creation, <laughs> it's it's the people around yeah, me. Yeah, because
2: there's there's a spiritual element to it, right? Yeah. Like you feel it.
0: Yeah, and you can't deny I, it. I feel like if there is some sort of like just like you were saying, if there is some sort of higher power, that's when I'm.
2: That's when you're closest to him, right? Yeah, that's when I'm surrounded and,
0: <laughs> and protected. And, yeah. you know, even even if I write something and it's just the worst god awful piece of piece of junk, <laughs> I'm like, well, I created I did I did something. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I'll never talk about it or do anything with it. But it's um, I, I use the word cathars- cathartic a lot. Catharsis is important to me um, just because because I am I do sort of work in a professional music industry. And uh, it is sort of my job and my passion at the same time. <laughs> um but but you know, i i hoped i really really did hope that it was it was something like that and i figured it was I, I, <laughs> I, there's something something about you you know um
2: yeah no kind of you to say and i mean i even i said it in my interview because for your listeners um as i mentioned earlier you know i, I started this job that i'm working now just in December and so there's a uh, a couple of months in between that I was unemployed and um when i was interviewing like no joke like in my interview at the company i'm working now um they're like so you know is is this your passion and i'm like yeah no this is certainly my passion and i'm like you know unless my band gets a contract and then you know I'm, I'm gone like i actually said that and everybody laughs and they think that's funny like oh what a charming guy but i'm like you you know i'll let i'll let you believe that's a joke but you know like i'm out of here first chance i get <laughs>
1: i got my one
0: week notice and then you'll see.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, I don't even know if it'd be one week. You know, yeah. if I've got a deal in hand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Walk in, like, leave them a nice, like, Carthy T-shirt, and
2: exactly, and they'd be happy for me. They think it was awesome, so that's the good news. But <laughs> well,
0: that's cool. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, mean, you and I have talked briefly about, um, you know, sales and and retail and. <laughs> I, I did it for...
2: You love sales, right? I think you were telling me that that's actually something that, aside from music, you feel like you could really get passionate about. I
0: heard you say that. Uh, yeah. If, <laughs> if, my, if my life's goal was to jump off a bridge every day... <laughs> I, work, I, was a sale, I worked in sales for 10 hours, and <laughs> oh. it, was only, it was only that long because my, air quotes, team leader... Uh, just like didn't answer his phone for a few hours, so it was yeah, waiting. It's like, that
2: sounded like a particularly crappy deal. <sighs>
0: yeah. And you know, I look, I look back on it like the, the thing I get is like, well, at least I'm not still doing it.
2: I know, right? Um, That's so funny, man.
0: But um, no, I do. I think so. It's I'm. It's it's getting a little uh, lady food for me, but I I I wanted to. <laughs> Sort of, and this here's the thing. This last question uh, could take like you're one of the things we could talk about for years. <laughs> um, and so, and, and and so, I'll just put it to you this way, uh, and it can mean whatever you want it to mean. The idea, is this 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 is the time for what? What is music to you? And there's infinity different ways to interpret that, like what constitutes music or what role does music play in your life? Those are, you know, those could be.
2: <laughs> it's just, a, you know, just so overwhelmed by the gravity, you know, of the question. <laughs> I feel like every time I open my life or my mouth, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, I can't write a book here. Right. <laughs> so that's the last question. So I think, I think for me personally, I mean, obviously, you know, what music is, is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And you can tell that just by, you know, the vast expanse of genres, you know, everything between sort of like soundscapes, you know, all the way to, I don't know, Katy Perry or something like that. You know, there's like, everything in between. Um, and so, obviously, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me, personally, the mu- music I find most impactful, uh, ready for this, uh, great lyrics, shocker, right? Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and I think the reason is, I mean, I studied communication in college, Um <clears throat> Um, I was really really interested in in speeches in high school like no joke I would go on YouTube and I would watch presidential speeches Um, yeah it was just something that I found really really interesting was you know communication and uh, different ways of communicating different things to different people to uh, bring about different ends Um, and I I think you know I I see lyrics and kind of poetry as in in some ways the supreme communicator. because you know you know we're talking about how it's vague right and you know it's a mirror right you make a mirror and you know, it's kind of like, geez, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> with, uh, with all the rabbit trails that this is uh, this is opening. But I guess basically what I'm trying to say is I think that the reason that lyrics are important to me is because they communicate aspects of the human condition um, that allows us to be less lonely on this tiny ball in this vast universe. Uh, it allows us to experience that together. And I think that's cool. I mean, it can be anything from, you know, ah, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. We know that feeling, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, to, you know, kind of like we were talking about with our jobs. Like, I, I relate very highly to Billy Joel's Piano Man, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and there's, there's, there's a kind of the human condition there. And uh, that's something kind of, like I, was, I talked about earlier, there's all kinds of different music that i was kind of drawn to throughout my life and i feel like a lot of the reason why is because they communicated a certain aspect of the human condition that i found particularly impactful um and that can and that's why i think it transcended genre everything from kind of country western john denver to you know musical theory or musical theory musical theater with you know Phantom of the opera or you know more recently les miserables man wow that's some heavy stuff um but it, it's, it's a form of communication that transcends an individual and kind of becomes something that, you know, we as the human species kind of sing together. <laughs> and it's, you know, I don't really know how to explain it, but I don't know what they to, to. And it sounds like, you know, the words are arranged in such a way where, like, you have no doubt that a higher power predestined that those words were, were designed to be laid out in that way. Because it's too amazing, you know? Um, and so I'm drawn uh, to 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 me, music communicates something. It doesn't necessarily have to communicate. I mean, obviously, if it communicates something that I relate to, is something that you know I'll probably enjoy. But you know, I think that if if music communicates something, like you mentioned, the stuff that you compose, even if it doesn't have words, it communicates something. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a movement there that stirs something within you, um, that communicates. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Music communicates something, um, and that's that'll be chapter one. <laughs>
0: No, that's that's, that's perfect um, because I talk with people that write songs, that write choral works, that write orchestral works, that write electronic music with no words, just environment and feeling. And there's some people that uh, write music or perform music, just soundscape. Um, and every and just like you're saying, and I think it's an extremely accurate. Um, there's no right or wrong answer, but I think that is yeah. definitely. Like, <laughs> Both feed in the right column. If you know, if there was one. <laughs> music should kind of communicate something. And that is also, um I've I've been reading some about like music for deaf folks. Oh wow. Uh, that's definitely a thing that that's a way that you could you could definitely say, Oh yeah, there's communication happening. You know, whether it's traditional hearing music or music with words or just feeling or just You know, sound like turning a subwoofer on. That you feel something the the minute, the the moment music starts. It is possible to uh, to invite change and to invite movement and communication. And um, that that's an awesome, awesome, awesome answer. (laughs) I think um, I think that is a a fantastic place to uh, to sort of wrap it up for your first episode. Because you have to do more now.
2: Yeah, no, this was really fun. I was initially a little bit nervous because I'm like, okay, wow, because I was listening to your other podcast. Um, I can't remember the woman's name, The Harpist. Heather, Heather, right. That was a great podcast. I was thinking, man, I don't know if I can talk about 45 minutes. Like, What am I going to talk about? But you made it really easy, and it was a lot of fun. So, you know, whenever you know you want to have me back on here, happy to make it work, and hopefully I'll, I'll be interesting. <laughs> Fingers crossed.
0: People, <laughs> people will love this. You guys are just all of you guys, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so, I would, and I actually, I talked to you guys. I talk about you guys to my girlfriend all the time. I'm, just, I'm so happy I found them. She's like, uh, you've not talked <laughs> to me before. And she's like, and I'm like,
2: when do we get to meet her?
0: Uh, when she came down, um, I, I'll, I'll, we'll talk to you after this. She's, it's a, <laughs> the school, the school year is, is a killer. Um, yeah, you know, sometime in the summer we'll all get together and, uh, she's she's lovely and, you, and I'm, I'm probably gonna have her on here um in the next few weeks as well so maybe, awesome. maybe if you want to get to know her you can
2: listen to that yeah absolutely and uh i don't know like you're downtown all the time right with buck to rock yeah um i'm telling chase like let me know when you're down at buck to rock for lunch you know like we'll get together and, and do something so i mean same for you like if you've got an open hour for lunch let's get together or you know even even some evening like if you want to stop by for dinner man let's let's make it happen
1: yeah
2: dude i don't get home till like 6 30 but perfect do something.
0: Well, uh, thanks a lot, man. Uh, I, I, I really am glad that, uh, that, that that I found you guys and, and have no problem saying I, I, I love being around you guys. I, I love you guys. You're my you're my musical family and. Uh, Aww.
2: And well, thanks, thanks John. thanks, John. I mean, certainly. Well, I guess I don't want to put words in Chase and Seth's mouth, but I knew for me personally, like, you're you're so incredibly talented. Like on the drums, like I feel like you know when you first started playing with us, I'm like, here's a guy. Who could play with anybody? You know, what's he doing here? <laughs> so we're obviously really thankful to to have you. So hopefully we can keep you. Hopefully one day we can just catch you. You know, ten thousand dollar checks after a, <laughs> after a gig. I mean, that would be alright. <laughs> you wouldn't complain too much, right? <laughs> like <if> we could <laughs>
0: Nah, man. Cool, man.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah man. And let's. Uh, yeah, whenever you want to have me back, let's do it. All
0: right. Sounds good. Peace. WAIT <laughs>